You're listening to a special interview edition of The Basics of Life with Pastor Rob Salvato of Calvary Chapel Vista in Vista, California. These are the basics of life. Welcome to The Basics of Life Conversations. I'm Rob Salvato, and this is the interview edition of our program, where my role changes from Bible teacher to interviewer. In these episodes, I have the privilege of having some meaningful conversations about life, faith, culture, and the transforming power that Jesus can bring to any person who responds in faith to his love and his grace. Today on the Basics of Life Conversations, my guest is Philip DeCourcy. Philip is the senior pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim Hills, California, and the teacher on the daily media program, know the truth. Philip was born in Belfast, Ireland, and grew up in a time when civil tension was commonplace, similar in some ways to what many cities in America are experiencing right now. Things were so tense during that time in Ireland that many of Philip's friends became involved in acts of terrorism, but Philip went in a different direction. He became a reserve police officer in North Belfast. And although some of his comrades on the police force were badly injured and some were even killed during the six years of unrest that plagued Ireland when he was a police officer, Philip remained unharmed. And to this day, he believes that God spared him for a higher calling of preaching the gospel and teaching the word of God. In my conversation today with Philip, we are going to talk about his days on the police force there in Belfast and how the civil tension that he lived through is similar to what we are experiencing today in parts of America. And then we're gonna shift gears and talk about his book, Take Cover, that I recently read and found to be full of fitting truth for the day and age that we are living in. So now, here is my conversation with Philip DeCourcy. Well, welcome to the program, Philip. Rob, it's a joy to join you and your listeners. Thank you for the privilege. Well, it's an honor to have you on the show today, and I've really been looking forward to this conversation. You know, Philip, you and I met about two years ago at an event that you spoke at that was held at our church, and then you shared that night at our church, and I just enjoyed getting to spend some time with you and really felt a kindred spirit because of your love for teaching God's Word and your commitment to Bible exposition. And it was there at the event that you gave me your book, Take Cover. But I have to say, I'm embarrassed that I hadn't read it until this summer because probably like you, I'm always reading three or four books. Plus, I was working this year on my master's, so I was doing tons of reading with that. But this summer, I was looking for a good book. I picked up yours, and I found it to be very timely, a timely read for what we're going through right now in our world. And so I want to talk with you about your book, but I'd like to start by talking about your time as a police officer there in North Belfast, Ireland. How's that sound? No, Rob, uh, thank you for the opportunity. And I just wanted to absolve you of that sin of not reading my book <laughs> earlier than you did. But I understand um, the busyness of the pastorate. I too have very fond memories of the night I spent, one in your company before the service and in with your, your precious people 
it's always a joy for you and me, wherever we are, to be before a congregation that holds God's word in high honor and responds to its preaching. So uh, delighted to reconnect with you and delighted to talk a bit about my time in the police in Northern Ireland. Um, I deal with that a little in my book, Take Cover. In fact, the, the, my, my, I think my years in, in the police in Northern Ireland have just prepared me to, to minister to my congregation in general, and just even what we're going through here in the United States, these are strange and dangerous times, to be honest. I think my time in the police in Northern Ireland also allows me to maybe bring a perspective to the conversation that's going on here in the United States with regards to policing, and I certainly want to reach out to those in law enforcement. They are they're being caught in the crossfire of politics and, and social uh, conflict and, and in many ways becoming the pinata yes. for, 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 for so many. And it's not fair. Uh, they're, they're getting the blame for, for social ills. And so anything I can do to encourage them, but also remind our people, as I find as a police officer, our, our, greatest, our greatest security is in God. And so, you know, Rob, my, my brother said something to me many years ago, God prepares us for all that he prepares us for. And maybe my time in Northern Ireland has prepared me to help you or your listeners just work through and think through all that we're going through. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And, and, and first of all, why don't you describe what was it like living in Ireland in you know, the, the years, the late years of during the civil unrest that was going on there? Give us a picture. Yeah, and it's it's a great question, you know, and for me, I grew up during the Troubles, as they were known. The Troubles in Northern Ireland, believe it or not, was known as the Long War. Yes. They lasted for 32 years. Wow. Uh, our community was in civil conflict, and maybe like a fish that doesn't know it's wet, in many ways, growing up, the sociologists would have called me a child of the Troubles. You know, I, I just grew up in conflict between the two communities. I went, everywhere I went, there was armored vehicles, there was army presence, you were searched and into shops, you were stopped in your vehicle. And, 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 you know, for someone from the outside, it all looks so abnormal. For someone growing up in it, 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 it was normal. And, and it, it is a conflict that's in some ways past. Um, but, but to go back to it, basically it was a political fight. I know it's often called a religious war, but it really was a political fight with undertones of religion. Ireland is one island. Um, but Ireland is two separate countries. Uh, Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom. Um, it's part of England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland make up the British Isles or the, or the United Kingdom. And the rest of Ireland was a republic, a separate country. And, and so there, there, there was this ongoing tension between the North and the South. There was many within Northern Ireland, within the six counties of Northern Ireland, wanted Ireland to be re reunited. But there was a majority of people that wanted Northern Ireland to stay within the United Kingdom. And, and in God's providence, I grew up in a Protestant home mm. uh, that was pro-British, what we would be known as loyalists. We were loyal to the crown of England. And so, you know, the, the IRA was our enemy, and uh, they saw us as their enemy. And so, you know, I grew up in that, uh, saw several of my friends get drawn into the conflict. It would have been easily. Actually, we could be having a conversation today about the, maybe me being drawn into the conflict and getting involved in lawless acts and even terrorism. Several of my friends joined Protestant paramilitary or loyalist paramilitary groups and fought the IRA. And, and there was a trading of murders and bombings. And, and that was just life in Northern Ireland. And I grew up in a blue-collar area where the conflict went on. And yet, God in his providence... 
I think kept me from that. I was around the edges of it. I, I was in situations where I saw guns being passed. I was in riot situations. I got involved around the edges of it. But, you know, I think a praying mother, a godly mm. father, the word of God sown into my soul, it doesn't return void. I want to encourage Rob, the parents. I mean, my mom and dad couldn't wrap me in bubble wrap all the time. I was out on the street. It was, it was, they were praying that I would you know, act with some common sense, stay away from the badness. And, and, and sometimes as I was drawn into it, God in his common grace, I wasn't a believer at the time, but I pulled back from it. I, I, my conscience spoke to me. The word of God I heard on a Sunday spoke to me. And, and so I could be talking to you about my conversion from terrorism to Christianity, but God in his grace kept me from getting drawn into that. And then I get saved at the age of 16, Matthew 24, 44. In such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. That was the verse that was used to bring me to faith in Jesus Christ. I'd kind of put it off. I knew I needed to get saved. I never doubted the claims of Christ, but I'd got some sinning to do. I wanted to enjoy the pleasures of the world. I wanted to throw off the limitations of a Christian home. And yet God in his kindness, uh, you know, kept me within shouting distance, and um, that verse brought me to faith where I realized if I didn't get saved soon, Jesus could be back mm. before I was ready. And then after that, I ended up sometime as, a, as an aerospace engineer, but, but, but because of the troubles, the conflict, the IRA, and the terrorism trying to sever Northern Ireland from Britain, I decided it was my role and my duty as a young man to defend my country, and uh, I, I joined the RUC, the Royal Ulster Constabulary, uh, in 1982, and I was in it for six years. I worked out of North Belfast. Uh, we were in a rough area. The IRA were very active during my time. Several officers were shot. One of my sergeants was murdered coming into the station by an IRA unit. Our, our, our station was RPG'd on a few occasions, um, and, and you know what? The problem of being a police officer in Northern Ireland, and I'll stop with this and you can jump in, and this maybe brings us later to the book, we were more likely to be killed off duty than on duty. Wow. And that's not where things are at the United States, and I hope we never get there, although, boy, if this kind of trouble continues in the United States, some people are going to chase policemen down to their homes oh, and yeah. murder them, and that's what went on in Northern Ireland. And you, were never, you never had a sense of security... Um, physically, I carried my weapon wherever I want. I was a lay Baptist preacher. I preached with a weapon on me because the IRA would shoot you coming out of church, shoot you in a shopping mall, shoot you in a golf course. So there was that, that sense that you were in the crosshairs of terrorists all the time. And it brought a lot of tension. And I want to tell you, apart from my faith in Jesus Christ, apart from a belief in the sovereignty of God, I should have been a nervous wreck. Mm. Wow. Well, you mentioned in the book that in 1983, Interpol declared that Northern Ireland was the most dangerous place in the world to be a police officer. And, um, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned about, you know, being, it was even more dangerous off duty. Um, yeah. I know some of my police officer friends right now who have are feeling that same type of tension and fear um, because some of them have had people follow them home. And um, yep. so it's, it's crazy. And, and I know, you know, what we're experiencing right now in America is not the same 
um, not anywhere near the same, but how would you compare the mindset that we're seeing in America right now to what was going on in Ireland there in the 1980s? Yeah, yeah, we're not there, but I'll tell you what, I, I, I want to be careful. I, I, I certainly don't want to be a, a warmonger or a demagogue. We could get there, or yeah. we could move in that direction. I mean, I'm the same. I've just counseled and prayed with a young family in my church, a uh, uh, Anaheim PD officer who believes that he was followed home. Yeah. Uh, neighbors saw several cars passing, stopping, uh, possibly taking his registration. I mean, this is the day we're in, and it's sad. It's ridiculous. I mean, uh, we all we we we, none of, we we all started with the sorrow of of you know the George Floyd situation, but where we're at today, it's nothing to do with that. So there's a conspiracy going on. There's there's evil forces at work. Um, you know uh, that, that we, we've got to wake up to. There's a lawlessness. Mm. Uh, there's even there's and it's even getting political cover. Yes. That that will 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 not serve our nation well, and will not serve our communities well, and will certainly not serve the communities in the toughest areas well. Because when the police are defunded, or when the police are marginalized, people people become prey uh, to the criminals. In Northern Ireland, when the police were marginalized in some areas, it was the terrorists became the de facto police service. Yep. And they and they had their own you know means of justice. Right. Of of murdering people and kneecapping people and beating people, um, and, and and in fact, it's interesting. You know, there's talk today about the the thin blue line of of the, the police are the thin blue line between us and anarchy. Um, there's actually a book written on the police in Northern Ireland ca- uh, called the Green, the Thin Green Line. Really, and in that way, in that way, there's some parallels. I mean, look. There's there's always bad apples in a barrel, there, there, for, but and there's a few bad policemen. But the the demagoguery that's going on about our police is, is a scandal. I, in fact, I, before I even come on, I, I double checked a few things. You realize in in 2018 there were 10 million arrests in the United States. Think about that. Millions of interactions between the police and the community, some leading to arrest, and 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 and. You know, killings are dis- killings that are disputed or, or, or controversial. You can count them almost on both your hands. Wow! There, yeah. there's something going on here. In fact, I was watching the news the other day, and an African American man by the name of Bob Woodson gave this statistic, but it puts it all in perspective. For for every shooting of of an African American by the police. There's 270 murders of African American men by African American men. Our problem in the United States isn't a police problem. Yeah. It's not even a systemic race problem in the police. It's lawlessness. Yeah. It's 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 a devaluing of life. It's gangs. It's criminality and and somehow we've inverted that in our community. We're, we're now the policemen are bad and the bad guys are good. So, so America needs to waken up. We need to stand behind our law enforcement. I believe that our justice system will weed out the bad guys. We can tweak a few things. But this idea of systemic racism, this idea that the police is broken and fundamentally needs reimagined or reengineered, it's a lie. It's a deception, and I believe it's politically motivated, and, and good people need to stand up and speak, and pastors like you and me need to come to the defense of law enforcement. And I say that biblically, because, Rob, according to Romans 13, one of the restraints 
for, for any society as a government. God has given us four restraints, right? The conscience, the family, bringing up children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, the Holy Spirit through the word of God and the gospel, and the government restraining evil. And, and, and you know what? If there's things to be fixed, Let's fix them, but they, but we don't fix them by dismantling law enforcement. We don't fix them yeah. by letting criminals back out onto the street. And so if there's parallels to Northern Ireland, it is, it, you, you better stand behind law enforcement um, because it is a thin green line, a thin blue line between, between you and anarchy. And, 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 and um, I also saw Northern Ireland, it's interesting the IRA had a political wing called Sinn Féin, and it used to gall me that they'd come on at night and almost justify the rioting and justify the bombing and justify the shooting, and they'd put the blame on the British government, they'd mm-hmm. put the blame on the RUC, they'd put the blame on the British Army, but they took no culpability for their own lawlessness. Yeah. And again, with the silence of some of our politicians... While people are being harassed, 700, 800 policemen injured in the last few months. We've yeah, seen dozens, more, de- more deaths of policemen yeah. since, George, since George, uh, George Floyd yeah. than, than, than citizens. There's, there's a narrative here that's inverse. It's, yeah. it's Isaiah, isn't it, Rob? We're calling good evil and evil good. Evil good, yep. And you know what? Um, I really appreciate your perspective, and I think it's really good for us to hear from somebody who has gone through something similar, and I knew that you'd have some you know, really important insight into this. I want to pivot our conversation right now to talk about the introduction to your book. And, you know, in the introduction, you mentioned four things that you learned during the time of serving as a police officer there in Northern Ireland that really helped you through that time. And I, and I want to go through each one. I know we're not going to be able to make it through all four this episode. And so we're going to pull this over into our podcast um, and continue this conversation. But um, the first one that you mentioned was this. I'd love for you to just kind of wrap up. We got about three and a half minutes left. You said, I learned to use the constant threat of death as a motivation to live wisely and well. Can you explain that for us? Yeah. I mean, look, as I I hinted, um, I was more likely to be killed off duty than on duty. When I went on to the station, I drove uh, to the station a different way uh, home than I did going there. My wife never put my clothes out on the wash line. Um, we, I only shared with intimate friends that I was a part-time reserve police officer because you didn't know, um, you know, uh, if that information was to fall into the wrong hands. Because as I said, um, the IRA could blow me up in my car. I checked my car, Rob, every morning. Wow. Uh, for an undercar booby trap. One of the favorite weapons of the IRA was a, a cassette case with a pound of Semtex explosives and a mercury tilt switch and a magnet, and they'd put it onto the seat of your car. And so you're constantly on your guard. And, and in some sense, if you, if you can't handle this, death almost, the thought of death becomes suffocating. And I, I, was, I was a young man. I was in my early 20s, late teens, when I joined the police and, you know, when you're a young man, all you want to think about is life and love and family and children. And, and, and yet here am I confronting day in my own obituary. Um, my wife, when she kissed me goodbye, couldn't be sure 
was I coming home that night, um, would she hear about an explosion on the evening news in North Belfast? My mother's hair went grey during that time. So, so I had to confront that. But, I, but, you know, in fact, I remember a video we, we watched in the police service. It was a kind of scary video about all the ways they can kill you and the different traps and booby traps they'd use. And it was called, um, You Could Be Next. So here's how I dealt with that. I dealt with it through the gospel. Mm. I dealt with it by the thought that while I didn't want to die through Jesus Christ, John 11, uh, you know, 25, 26, he is the resurrection and the life. And though a man die, yet shall he live. Uh, There was that thought that death was but an entrance into God's presence. I thought about verses like, you know, Job, where, where Satan wasn't allowed to touch Job without God's permission. God had put a hedge around him. And so while I knew that death was, was a reality, I also knew I lived between the hedges of God's sovereign purpose, and the IRA couldn't kill me unless God had purposed that. And that brought a certain peace. And then, uh, you know, a verse like Ecclesiastes 7, verses 1 to 10, which is kind of at the heart of, of point number one, I learned to allow the thought of death to, 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 to develop an, uh, as an elixir in my life. But Solomon says... You know what? Better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting, mm-hmm. for this is the way of all men, and the wise take it to heart. And so for me, the thought of death concentrated my thoughts on the gospel, you know, keeping my account short with my wife, uh, resting in the providence of God. The, the, you know, the great lexicographer and wit Samuel Johnson said, when a man knows he's about to be hanged in two weeks, it concentrates his mind <laughs> wonderfully. Yeah. And here's what, I, here's what I'd say to our listeners as we wrap this segment up. We're all going to die. Yes. The RUC officer had that thought in his form, forefront, but we've got to bring that thought more into our lives than we do. And, and if, we'll let, if we'll let death kind of hover over us, it won't drain life from us. Mm-hmm. It'll make life all the more precious. We'll live for the things that count for eternity. Does that make sense? Yes. So good. So good. Appreciate that. Well, that unfortunately is all the time that we have for today, but Philip and I are going to continue this conversation and you can listen to part two of my conversation with Philip DeCourcy on our podcast, the Basics of Life Conversation podcast. And you can find that on iTunes and most other podcast formats. And we would love for you to subscribe and make us a regular part of your week. I'm Rob Salvato, and I would like to thank you for tuning in today to our program. And if these conversations or our Bible studies have been a blessing to you, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us to comment or to find more about the ministry at thebasicsoflife.com. You know, the goal of this program is to bring you meaningful conversations that are meant to inspire, enlighten, and encourage, and bring hope to your heart. So until next time, remember to keep the basics of your life Simply Jesus. Thank you for listening to our show. The goal of this podcast is to bring you meaningful conversations that are meant to inspire, enlighten, encourage, and bring hope. Our show is produced by the awesome team at His Productions, and we are also a part of the Good Lion Podcast Network. For more Christ-centered content, I would encourage you to check out their website at www.goodlion.io. Well, I'm Rob Salvato. Until our next conversation, remember to keep the basics of your life simply Jesus. You've been listening to the interview edition of The Basics of Life with Pastor Rob Salvato. 
If you'd like to learn more about the basics of life, we'd like to invite you to visit our website, thebasicsoflife.com. There you'll find information on this program, as well as find an archive of Pastor Rob's teachings from God's Word. Just click on Media to access this library and enjoy these Bible studies. We also recommend subscribing to the Basics of Life interview podcast so that you never miss an edition. You can catch up on previous interviews, share ones that inspired you on social media, and feel free to point friends and families towards it as well. You can also explore Pastor Rob's daily Through the Bible teachings from the Basics of Life weekday program and subscribe to this podcast too. You can find both of these on your favorite podcast app or just visit our website, thebasicsoflife.com. Our website also links you to a list of books by Pastor Rob available for purchase, including his book, Longings of the Soul, plus more information about the church that this ministry originates from. Do you live in the North County, San Diego area? If so, come visit us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Vista. This time together is important for growing in healthy relationships, strengthening and supporting one another through prayer and fellowship, and praising our Savior together for all that He's done and is doing in our lives. Your presence would be such a blessing to us, and be sure to let us know that you're a listener to The Basics of Life. For directions and more information, visit thebasicsoflife.com and click on the Calvary Vista link. With that, our time with you has come to an end today. We hope that you've been inspired, informed, and encouraged by Pastor Rob's interview today. And we hope that you'll join us again, right here on The Basics of Life. 